know that there is something magical inside of you, but you don't know how to uncover it? The Heart Sing Podcast is dedicated to just that, helping you put yourself first and figure out what lights you up. I'm your host, Addie B, aka Slayer of Namaslayer, and through my journey of losing nearly 100 pounds, uncovering the magic of my soul, and building the life of my dreams, I'm leaving no stone unturned in the process of self-discovery. And I'm here to share it all with you, so let's get started. And Heart Sing Podcast, take four today, St. Patty's Day. 2022. Welcome back, Heart Singers. This is Addie B, aka Slayer of Namaslayer. And I have literally started to record this podcast about four different times. I have one done and I'm just not stepping away from perfect today on it. I have so much to say on this topic. And I think part of me is struggling because the Heart Sing podcast is about finding our heart sing, like finding what lights us up within. And yet, I'm sharing my journey on my weight loss journey on my quest to goal, which is through the path that I found to find this heart sing and this light within. So I want to make sure that the message stays clear and consistent because I do see how it can be confusing. It's almost more of a lifestyle thing. Right, like um, at Namaslayer and in the Me First Sisterhood, and I think Jennifer Pound Ounce said it wonderfully, and uh, she does our morning post in the Sisterhood, and she said, "I am so grateful for this place I have to come and grow and create vision and share." And I thought, yes, that's what it is. And yet, we're here to watch how it's happening on a journey. So I'm sharing my journey. We're looking at the Young Jedi's journey in the HeartSync podcast community now. Other sisters within the group are starting to share their journeys and their stories. And you're going to be hearing more from them that have started teaching meditation or started their own businesses. And you know, in the process of sharing and creating vision in this common culture we've created, which a lot of us found through weight loss. And I coach a lot on weight loss, but I've started calling it spiritual weight loss because it's not (laughs) really about the food and the weight, but it is. It's all the stuff in the mind, of course, that happens on the way, but it's in that stillness of not eating, not consuming that we find this magic within. And it's the action of getting to the goal. So it really doesn't matter what the goal is. And this has become so apparent for me. And I want to make sure I say that over and over again. It does not matter what the goal is. The tactic is the same. Weight loss, my business, making money, increasing relationships, like what you focus on, you will bring into your life. And when I set out this year, if you're just new to the podcast, first of all, welcome, welcome, welcome. And uh, last week, I shared my core values, inspiration, love and adventure. And I hope each podcast takes you through some aspect of that on our path together while I'm uncovering my magic within and sharing all of this. I started my journey in 2017 out to just finally lose this weight, right? Like that's where happy had to be. And that brings us into this diet mentality that I want to address today and talk about. This episode specifically is going to be about my 
diet journey, if you will, like all the things I've done up until this point and what I've learned from them and the positive impact they've had on where I'm sitting right now and how it continues to be with all those dot without all those diets, I would not be where I am right now. And there's more knowledge yet to come. So I want to kind of dispel some of these diet thoughts we have, perhaps, and also talk just through my journey with food and how that relates to any goal. When I started in 2017 at 300 pounds, not knowing where to, like I was just done. I had spent my whole life, which I'm going to break down for you, like what I've learned from each diet or fad thing I've been through or whatever. I've spent my whole life seeking this. Why can't I just eat like those appearingly normal skinny people that don't seem to like care about food like this. Like they're not obsessed with this. They seem like they can just walk by it. They can sit there and have conversation and not be thinking, oh, I want five more of those French fries. Right? Like I I want to figure that out. I want to be that person. I don't want to be unhealthy. I don't want to die young like my parents. I like knew what I didn't want to do. And I knew the environment I grew up in being in an overweight family and teaching myself to eat as I grew up and grew older. And now that I'm coaching and guiding people, I'm realizing how much wisdom I've gathered on my path, how each one of those diets taught me something so valuable in my quest. And that, my friends, is part of any journey. It's the learning. So I want to talk about wisdom. And I'm going to call this episode The Wise Loser. Not the biggest loser, the wise loser. And wisdom takes time. We take the knowledge, we get this information, we have the experience, and that becomes wisdom. You can't have wisdom without either of the other two, without the knowledge or the experience. You can get the knowledge and not be wise. You can have the experience and not learn from it. Right. So in order for us to be wise and we're all at this age in life now, we want to be we're wise. Right. We're hitting the crone age. This is our time to use all of these learning moments and to continue to get wiser as we grow and share with these younger women coming up and with our sisters by our sides right now. So for my journey, I'm down 120 pounds and just manifesting and creating so much in my life, which has absolutely nothing to do with that weight loss goal. And yet it has everything to do with the weight loss goal, because I know in that discomfort, that getting to that next level, I can look back at these 120 pounds. And I call it dancing with the decade. You guys know what I mean? It's like, okay, if I can just get under that 220, that 290, that 190, whatever it is. I can look back, okay, 290, 280, 270, 260, 250, and think about each decade in a story in each decade. And I'm telling you, every 20 pounds, I can marry to a new habit too, which is why I teach so much about habit stacking and habit building. Like our entire sisterhood is built around habits in so many ways, understanding our brains and how we create habits, how we set them up for success. Big part of that journey. But for food, going to understand the knowledge of food. And this also came up in some shadow work I did last week. So I told you I had a lot to say about this, you guys. (laughs) Hold on to your seatbelts. I'm really trying to like get this one is succinct. So 
you know, my mom, I used to get so frustrated. And yet I was casting stones. I could see myself doing the same thing, but I was also frustrated with myself. Like the M&Ms and the Oreos and we stay up late and that was like our thing. We scrapbook, you have you have the pile of M&Ms in the table, right? Oh, just this one thing won't hurt. Just this one little thing. And I just, I used to get angry. I'm like, no, this isn't like, this isn't serving our bodies, right? And I wasn't angry at myself for eating or doing it. I was angry because I was frustrated and I didn't know what else to do. And I started to find things on my path. I'm going to start back with the 1980s. (laughs) Are you ready? (laughs) Welcome to the jungles. You know, no, but before Guns N' Roses, probably even, right? Like the cabbage soup diet. Anybody out there? Cabbage soup diet. What I learned from the cabbage soup diet, I learned that I actually like cabbage soup, like a lot, that I could eat cabbage soup and sustain myself on that for a really long time and not have any issue with it. (laughs) So that's what I learned with cabbage soup. (laughs) And I like have vague memories about it. And I remember going to Weight Watchers and really kind of being like, oh, this was kind of cool. I went with my mom. I was too young to go by myself. And I, I think I was like maybe early high school or something. I was maybe 20 pounds overweight, I would guess, somewhere around there. I went with my mom. And I remember getting that tingle of excitement or hope, you know, because I just didn't understand how to get there. And then so, you know, high school happened and I was just fluctuating all over the place, you know, headed off into my adult life, like really just feeling like I had never solved this thing. It was always a goal. Losing weight, like was always a thing I thought about. Uh, There just wasn't really a time where I wasn't conscious of what I was eating or how I should be eating and not really understanding or knowing. And then in the early 90s, after I had my oldest daughter, so it would have been around 1996, I met this woman, one of my best friends still to this day, Erin, and we worked together. She introduced me to this book called Fit for Life. This was a book about proper eating combination. It was it was really so good. And it was the first time that I had taken knowledge that I got from a book and saw how it gave me motivation to implement it into something that I understood how it was working in my body and how it was helping me lose weight. Because you guys, are you with me? Isn't that half the frustration is not understanding and not knowing what will work. Nothing works for me. I just can't do it. It just like, I don't know what to eat. I don't know what to do. All the things, right? So we go off and we try to do these diets. And of course, the diet mentality is the, I need to lose all the weight really fast versus the long term, I want to get healthy and figure out how to eat right. Now, that can not be motivating at the beginning, and that gets into the whys, right? And so our means goal being the weight loss and our end goal, though, being this life longevity, living as this being I knew I wanted to be that wasn't like, that just figured this shit out, that wasn't obsessed with food all the time. So in Fit for Life, I understood it's about proper food combination, right? So it was like, hey, don't eat your fruit last because if your steak is in there, it is taking, it takes like 24 to 48 hours to digest a steak and it takes all these acids. And if you put fruit on top of it, 
it will just ferment and just sit there. And I was like, oh, well, that makes sense, right? And then the same with if you eat potatoes and meat together. And here I came from meat and potatoes family. You know, if you eat those two together, they're canceling each other out. Eat your meat with your vegetables and, you know, fruit and starches or whatever, you know. So it was this whole thing. And I dropped probably about 30 pounds. But the thing I remember most was I just felt good. I looked great. My body felt good. My skin looked great. I just remember feeling radiant. And yet it wasn't something that was sustainable for me. And I would try to get back in, but it was kind of like, you know how you get that knowledge and you get excited and then you kind of like just drift away from it. So there was that. And then my 20s happened, right? (laughs) So I go off and I have fun and I'm rip-roaring 20s, having lots of fun out there. On and off, uh, Weight Watchers I would join. I would say from like 96 to 2016, easy, right? That I was, I paid Weight Watchers like a ton of money over 20 years for sure. And I had a lot of success with Weight Watchers. And I learned a lot from Weight Watchers, which I still incorporate today. And I think as like someone that is helping other people on their journeys, and some of those being weight loss journeys, Understanding that what we fuel our bodies with is important. All calories aren't equal. And Weight Watchers did tell me that. And you guys know now I'm into the, into my biome and microbiome, but I want to take you here because the journey didn't necessarily start there. And it's not necessarily about the diet. It's about all these changes that went in to create my wisdom what I know to be true for me and my body and how I'm processing foods. And this was my path. And your path will probably be different. Is there just one solution for all of us? No. For example, if I'm insulin resistant, I am not going to tackle my weight loss journey from a knowledge standpoint the same way I would just having a normal insulin and normal hormone response. You would just handle them differently because there's different things you need to understand about how your body is processing things. If you have like gut issues, things like that. Okay, now I'm getting off track. I want to get back to what I learned from Weight Watchers because I think this can be so valuable for if you don't have the knowledge yet of what a serving size is. Like, I think some of us assume that everybody knows this, that everybody's been a Weight Watcher for life. And I'm seeing this with the young Jedi. She's like, I've never done that stuff. I don't know. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry, right? So we're not speaking the same language. So to understand, and when you get your Viome test, there's servings on there. They're like a serving of hamburger isn't four cups, right? Like a serving, you know, in knowing like what the servings are to maximize your potential. It taught me portions, okay? So Weight Watchers taught me to how to understand what portions are, how foods worked in my body with the scale. It just became science. Like every week I could show up and be like, I'd know before I even got on the scale if I was going to be up or down. And then I started weighing every day and that was really fascinating. Like once you do it so much, you really get over. There just wasn't that drama for me. And that is also diet mentality. If you are seeing shame, blame, negative emotion when you get on the scale or with foods you eat, right? That's the idea that you ate you ate bad food, so you're a bad person. How about that that bad food is just not good for your body? It doesn't mean anything about you. 
but it can be bad for your body. And this is the part I see as wanting to lie to ourselves about. Is it scientifically proven that that food is crap for you? Yes, 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 over and over again. And if you're going to be an intuitive eater, like someone that holds up food and listens to it and talks to food and understand how food works in your body, especially if you're one of the talking to food people, wouldn't you agree that food probably needs to be alive of some sort? You know, not processed, not in some package, not all like, how are you going to have a little seance with your food if it's, you know, been processed in 20 different plants and put together and shipped to you in a little box? <laughs> it's like, you can't talk to that food. I'm just saying, and note, you guys that have done your viomes, that nowhere on that viome is there Ben and Jerry's. Or is, I, I haven't looked for movie popcorn, but I'm pretty sure my movie popcorn isn't on there. So we just don't, it doesn't, I'm not a bad person because I eat movie popcorn, but do I know on the weeks where I need to lose weight, maybe I'm not going to go get my movie popcorn this week because I want to hit my goal to show you guys I'm getting to my goal? Yes. Yes, indeed, because I am focused on getting to my goal and becoming the person when I'm at the goal that just is. And I will be the person at that goal that knows, oh, hey, you know what? I'm going out to this big dinner on Friday with everybody with we're all going out to this place and I want to really enjoy myself. So you know what? I'm going to fast for a couple of days at the beginning of the week. I'm just going to naturally do that. This week, I'm naturally doing that. I woke up and I was like, you know, I'm fluffy today. I'm going to fast today. I'm just not going to eat. I just feel fluffy. I need to clean it out. Like I just, I overate yesterday. I'll get there toward the end. I want to get through all my lessons. So, and then I'm going to get to my current stat and stats and all of that and food this week and why we're having this food discussion as well, because it has to do with that staying focused on your goal, because I'm getting distracted all over the place with my business and all kinds of things. Other things Weight Watchers taught me, how to make choices. Okay, here's how it went down. <laughs> there was this lady, do you guys remember Dotties? Any of you old school Weight Watchers, right? That we used to be on these message boards. And she has Dottie's weight loss site. And she had calculated all the points values for all these restaurants. And so I could say, okay, hey, we're going to go to Outback. I'm going to work out that morning. So I get an extra four points and I'm going to, it became like a game. It just made it like science with it, right? So I was like, you know what? I really want that lava cake. So I'm just going to eat a bunch of shrimp or something. Like, I don't care what that is. If I can have that lava cake, are you kidding me? And that's how I start to make my decisions. And, you know, let's talk the Mexican restaurant. This one's for you, Young Jedi, although I, I think I've hammered it enough. But the margaritas. Once I saw the calories on a regular margarita, I was like, oh, heck no. It was a whole day's points of food. A whole day. One margarita. So I was like, huh, okay. I can have a glass of wine for three points or a margarita for 36. I'm going to have a glass of wine and eat the burrito and the enchiladas. Or I'm going to have the margarita and I'm going to go work out the day before and do this, this, and this. Because I would just know what I needed to do to show up for getting to my goal. And what it did was it started to shift how I was making choices to understand those calorie differences. They were basically saying the same calories are not in that sugar as they're in that sugar. 
So I was starting to make these different decisions about how I was going to eat and show up consciously to eat. And it was, I look back now and I was, I see that that skill was built in me from that process and that decision-making skill. Now I just do it automatically. Oh, no, not that, this. That's something I brought with me to the end of this journey. The other couple of things Weight Watchers showed me, you guys, community and accountability. I lost 50 pounds that first year. I did Weight Watchers. It was like 03 that I lost 50 pounds. And I just remember I had taken this job where I was on my computer all the time and the message boards, these things were just new. And I would be on there all the time learning all I could about weight loss and how to eat and seeing other people's stories. So motivating to me, completely motivating, which is why I started sharing my story on this journey. Can you just see all of that together? And why I created a sisterhood that supports each other on this journey. Whether it's a weight loss journey, a business, whatever the goal journey ends up being, there's plenty of women in the sisterhood now that are at goal weight and we still show up to do our me first guide and talk about health and now talk about reversing our age. But it doesn't matter where you're at on the cycle because there's always more knowledge, there's always more experience, and there's always more wisdom to be had. So good. Then we fast forward to like, I would say it was about 2011 that I read The Wheat Belly. I was gobsmacked. I was like, are you kidding me about gluten? I had no idea until then, 2011. So this has been over 10 years now. And I would dabble gluten-free, sugar-free right up until this very moment because I still will let the sugar in. And I'm like, why on earth did I do that? Because then Little Miss Insulin comes out, comes running around, and then it makes my job difficult. And that happened this week. I did not intend it to happen. I'm going to, I'll get there, but the wheat belly. So I go gluten-free, sugar-free. I was like, oh my gosh. And I'm just dropping weight. I'm living in downtown Honolulu, just kind of really loving my life. I would walk to my yoga studio. Millie was a baby. I would, we'd go to the beach. I started playing beach volleyball again. I joined a CrossFit gym and was eating, they were eating paleo. If any CrossFitters out there, right? So paleo lifestyle really Uh, high protein, low sugar, low carbs, that kind of thing. And just seeing how good I felt in my body, what paleo did for me. So I'm getting educated a little bit here about how my hormones are working, right? Like understanding through the wheat belly that, you know, hey, you know, these two pieces of wheat bread spike your, are the same reaction in your body as a Snickers bar. Once I could see that, I'm like, well, why the heck am I eating the, the bread? right? Just give me the meat and the vegetables. That's cool. Then I get introduced to this paleo society. And (laughs) really, if you've ever been to a CrossFit box or gym, it really kind of is. It's like a, it's, it's its own little society. I get into this world and I really lose weight and I'm just feeling really good. It taught me to cook. It taught me, we, back then you couldn't even go to restaurants and get you know, food. And I just heard, I was just listening to the Upgrade podcast, Dave Asprey's podcast that they renamed with Dr. Guntry. Really good podcast, you guys. It's very science-driven, very science-driven. I'll drop it in the show notes, but just know it's really deep into the mitochondria. Really fascinating, depending on where you're at in your journey, gathering knowledge on your weight loss quest, if you're on one. Or maybe you're just even on a health quest because that podcast is all about how do we live longer 
How do we live with more vitality? How do we feel better? And they're talking about Alzheimer's and sugar resistance and all kinds of things. CrossFit, paleo, I learned to cook. I learned, oh, you know what? It's pretty easy to put a piece of salmon in the convection oven and maybe saute some asparagus. And it was like I went to a restaurant and it was really good. And I knew what was in my food. Oh, that's what I was going to tell you. On the Upgrade podcast, they were talking about Dr. Gunthry was like, you know, I have a lot of friends that are like three-star Michelin chefs, and they're telling them there is no way you can go to any restaurant and eat gluten-free. It's just not going to happen. So you just know that. You bring your own stuff. You do whatever. But even they in these really upscale, nice restaurants that are using quality ingredients have, you're not getting gluten-free. It just becomes what are you putting, what are we putting in our bodies? And maybe we decide that's okay for that time we go to the restaurant. I do all the time, but I know what I'm doing to my body and I'm conscious of what I'm eating. And depending on where you're at in your journey, that, that might feel overwhelming to you. You might be like, I don't even know where to start. Just start writing down what you eat. That's it. That's all I like do with people I start working with at first. I'm like, I need to understand where you're eating. And that's where this whole measuring and Weight Watchers came up because I need the young Jedi and I on the same language. We need to understand, okay, you think you're full. How much food are we consuming here? And is it truly hunger? What are we doing here? What is a serving? You know, and all calories aren't created equal. So can we level up some of these ingredients so that you are producing the best possible environment in your body to live the longest, healthiest life you can? That's a whole nother story, right? And this is where it gets into, I get real hesitant to even, you know, talk about food changes and everyone wants to know what you're eating and how do you do, how do you do that thing? But it's so different for each of us and everyone's journey is so different. If you're in the Heart Sing podcast community. You're going to, you're going to have a front row seat to the young Jedi going through this. We've committed to lose the weight. And when we sit and say, okay, you know, we have a few weeks here where the scale's not moving. What's going on? You know, like, let's figure this out. Something isn't working. Where do we need to find your next nugget? And what does that look like? And it's knowledge to be excited for you on your path. This brings it us to me this week. I want to share with you because I ate a ton of food yesterday. I ate off my plan and I got this yogurt from the grocery store. It's a superfood of mine, um, grass-fed yogurt. And so I've been trying to eat a little bit of that each week. And I just grabbed it. I picked it up. Well, it was the sweetened one, and I didn't know. And I normally don't like them at all. Like, I would just not eat it, give it to a neighbor or whatever. I had it in my bowl, and I was like, oh, wow, what's that? That's different. That's good. And I, and I look at the container. I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to eat it. It was like vanilla flavored, like, and cane sugar in it. You guys... I'm not going to say I wasn't buffering for other reasons. I have a lot of things going on right now. I'm creating a lot of things technically that can put me in corporate addy mode. But that shift in my body from those hormones definitely impacted my hunger signals and what like what I wanted to consume and what I was eating. I just I, I just it blows my mind every single time. 
every time I clean my body out and then I put it back in. And those of you with insulin resistance, getting to a place, I was just listening to Dr. Gunthry on that podcast say, you know, some of his patients to get them to the point where they can, they're regulated to where their insulin runs on like a normal cycle and will put you into ketosis. Some people can, he can see it take months or longer. And so the power of understanding your body. And this is what I want to say about the goal. So when I'm all in on my goal, I am learning about my body. I am learning about what I'm putting in my body. I'm learning about foods. I am interested in this. I am gathering knowledge on it. And if you're not finding knowledge about where where you are in your path, like if you don't have weight loss podcast in your ear, if you're not learning about that next nugget, it's great we have the mindset tools, but do you know how to fuel your body? Do you understand scientifically your body? Do you understand the hormones? These are great places to start because even doing that research, looking for information on everyone's throwing around diet mentality. So I got like fired up about this this week. So it was like, that's diet mentality. I'm like, what the hell is diet mentality? I'm like, all I can think about is everything I've learned from diets I've been on that I just stated for you that I've done nothing but serve my journey. It made me even more capable to be here, take all that knowledge, take what worked, and it be wisdom. Also wisdom, what didn't work? The cabbage soup diet, probably, right? Like, I'm not doing a cabbage soup diet. I'm also not counting points. I'm also not counting calories. I'm completely shifted from that mindset. I'm on a totally different journey with my food journey. But your journey will need to start with where you are interested in. And of course, I'm sharing where I'm at in my journey now, and you can bypass all of it. Like I saw this thing when I was researching the diet mentality, and they said all of it, you know, all these thoughts about shame and blame, the foods being bad that I already talked about, but they said, and then all these fad diets like keto and intermittent fasting. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is the problem. People out there saying things like fad diet and intermittent fasting in the same sentence. We were fasting on this planet well before there was any food pyramid, (laughs) before there was any nutritional anything. Our bodies are born to fast. They are created to sustain us. Did you know that we're just talking about the longest sustained medically supervised water fast was over 400 days long. 400 days this guy went on a water fast. Our bodies are incredible. And once you dive into understanding about how incredible they are and how you can serve your body and learning about the body, instead we spend our time wanting to learn about that quick fix, going to a doctor's appointment to see about getting my stomach cut open. I just didn't know where to go. And it's because there is so much confusing information out there. Find your sources, you find people you trust and respect, and you just start learning. You maybe find out if you do have some insulin resistance or Hashimoto's or something like that, and you start to try to find knowledge about maybe your microbiome, what's going on in your gut, what's happening in your body. How can you look at it from that standpoint? Like scientifically, what is happening to you? This is your health. We are the pioneers of our own body. We have to take control 
of our health. We are not victims of everything outside of us. We are not victims of McDonald's and fast food chains and all the crap that's put in our head from all the processed foods out there. We are consciously making the choice to pick those things up. What I'm saying is you can empower yourself. This happened to me this week. I was like, you know, I knew on this last 40 pounds. So I'm down almost 20 of it now, right? I hit the 120 mark. I weighed in yesterday, this morning at 188. And my goal for the week is 183. I was up 0.4 last week, which at this point in my journey, doesn't I don't sweat it, right? It's, it's not that big of a deal. But I do know as I get lower and lower, the percentage is higher and higher. So I kind of want to be ahead of the game a little bit when I get down to like where that last 10 pounds is, right? So it's like this whole strategy with me. And of course it is because like I want to get to this goal. And what will I learn in the process of getting to that goal? What is that next little nugget, that next thing that is going to be brought to me? How exciting is that? And it goes the same for any goal. Again, like what will I learn? What new knowledge and experience can I have that's going to put me in this other in this other situation? And there is going to be sitting in discomfort. Like today, I decided I was going to fast right now. I don't feel like doing that fast. I want to eat, but I'm not going to. I'm going to honor my commitment to fast to myself and talking to you guys here because I also want to nail my goal on Sunday. And I went and I put a podcast in my ear about my health and my microbiome and understanding my body and why I'm doing this. So having that knowledge coming in my head, having the experience, getting really motivated to eat according to my biome, getting excited to understand what's happening in there, and then I can actually reverse my age. Maybe I can heal my skin. All of these things through understanding my body, and that's my next level. It wasn't the first level, but all of these things I've learned, all of those things you guys have learned on your quest to either lose weight or create whatever you're creating, all those things have given you some sort of wisdom. And then I also think, you know, it's important to question our wisdom sometimes, these things we think we know, because you might read something about diet mentality and they tell you, oh, those fad diets, this, you know, this about fasting or, um, oh, that's doing, doing a gut health test. That's just another fad. Okay. How do you know? Have you gone out and researched for yourself what those things are about? Because I can tell you, I had all kinds of judgment about fasting until I actually had the experience of it. I started to open my mind and listen when I saw sisters in my group well before I did that were fasting and loving it and blowing their minds with what their bodies were capable of and how good they actually felt without food. Like, oh my gosh, you mean I can go 24 hours without food? So it starts, right? And then you're like, wow, I actually feel better. This is crazy. Right? It's just, it was insane. It blew my mind. So don't judge things until you've tried them and, you know, have that experience of them. Because I can have that knowledge. I read this. Oh, that's diet mentality, those fad diets. But have you experienced what it feels like in your body to do intermittent fasting, to maybe understand ketones and ketosis and microbiome. Like, why all, Why are these things important? Why is the scientific community all abuzz about this? And why aren't our doctors? Why aren't more of them? 
to get nutritional education. If we're on a weight loss quest, I don't care what kind of quest you're on because you can also be a perfectly healthy, fit-looking person and not have a diverse microbiome, which means not healthy microbiome inside of you. So what you look like doesn't necessarily mean what what you're experiencing inside your body and vice versa. Okay, I don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole. I have some episodes about the microbiome and gut health. I'll link them below in the show notes as well. It's kind of a good place to start if you're just headed off on that journey, understanding how that is working in your body. I tried to really put it in as much non-sciencey terms as I could. So if you're interested in that and maybe thinking there's a nugget, check those episodes out. I want to share another aspect of this journey upcoming. I have another client right now that is also getting into Dr. Joe Dispenza's energy work, bringing in this creation of my future self and the meditation and the energy work, all of that coming together. And she's doing it as well. And is really looking at coming to weight loss from that sense, taking that meditation to another level of reprogramming through this energy of meditation. So I think there is going to be a world of discovery as we head down that path in that aspect, because you do know how I feel about that connection between the meditation and weight loss. In fact, there's a whole podcast episode on here just called Meditation and Weight Loss and how that's impacted this last half of my journey, these four years that have taken off 120 pounds and helped me sit here so confidently and tell you I have no fear of I I can't be that other person anymore. I am totally a different person. And I've changed on a DNA level. I have changed my brain. I've changed my brain patterns, how I think about foods, decisions I make, choices I make. And it comes from that knowledge, marrying the experience and becoming the wisdom that now I just know and I understand to be true. And mind you, not all wisdom is truth, right? Some of that stuff we have to dispel, but we have to like consciously start figuring out what do we want to be truth? What do we want to believe? And what is it possible that we believe? Is it possible someday I may enjoy an avo bowl for dessert more than chocolate cake? Is it possible? Yes, it is, my friends, because I do it all the time. And I love it so much. I love it as much as chocolate cake. And had I not started trying different things and trying out and understanding about my body and consciously making these choices and decisions, I wouldn't become this person. We have to start acting differently to become a different version of ourselves. And what does that look like? The version of you that is 300 pounds versus the version of you that's 162 pounds does not eat the same way. She doesn't think the same way. She doesn't act the same way. Like James Clear says, author of Atomic Habits, true transformation comes from identity-based habit changes. These actions we take in our lives, how we make decisions and how we act from that space that comes from an identity, that connection deep within, 
So while we're creating this identity, this new identity, this new way of being, so I get my goal and we have this focus on goal. I want to bring this back to where I started at the beginning of the podcast, talking about the goal focus, which is why it came up for me this week with my eating off plan. And okay, the scale went up 0.4. And as I'm getting closer and closer on this journey that I need to be more and more mindful of all these decisions I'm making. And I knew when I said it that this was going to happen. It was going to get uncomfortable. And I said, pull up a seat, you guys because now we're going to see it happen. And look, some days it feels really easy. Some days my hormones are in alignment. I'm meditating and taking all my stress away and I'm writing all my pages and the world just feels like, like it just couldn't ever possibly feel hard, right? And then other days it's like, oh my gosh, this feels so hard. And it's like uncovering what I'm going to uncover to be that person that is 162 and I will be that person that is. Like I will, there's not going to be this struggle about maintenance or this like constant worry about it. I will, I'm becoming her. I've gathered all this knowledge. I've had all the experience. I feel as if I'm there and so many ways. And yet I know there's some lessons yet on this path, even though it's a few short months that are going to be life-changing. And I'm thinking of it like this. It's like I shedded the desire or shed. (laughs) I got rid of that stinking desire for the wine wench. Like I haven't really had a pull, like even like a thought of relief in so long from wine. It's like it's finally gone. And when I set out on this food as fuel journey, it was really about that for me, able to remove that desire for food. And when I heard one of the life coaches say, Brooke Castillo, in one of her courses, she had said, I you know, you can remove the desire for food. And I was like, what? Remove the desire? And she said, and she was like, yeah, it's just like with alcohol, right? Like you can remove the desire to drink and you still have to drink. Like you still have to drink water to survive, but you can remove your desire to want alcohol. And I thought, well, yeah, I've seen that right? Like I've seen that happen within myself. At that point, I was like able to make that connection. And it's sometimes just finding these little connections for your brain. And this is knowledge on your path for your wisdom. And so I thought, oh my gosh, that's so true. What if I can remove that desire for eating and to where it just is fuel for my body? And that's where we are on this path because there's more uncomfortable emotion for me to sit in. So days like yesterday where I eat off my plan and I end up eating all the things, I'm not judging that, I'm analyzing it. Because in the end, I won't be the person that does that when I'm not hungry and when I'm not just fueling my body. I won't just be mindlessly eating, watching Hallmark movie, right? (laughs) Like I just won't. I could choose to mindlessly watch a Hallmark movie, but it won't necessarily have the food involved. Very interesting. 
this is really interesting to my brain right now, just talking this out with you. So what happens as we have this goal focus where we are staying honed in on this goal, but we are becoming, right? We're not just training for the marathon. I had a client say to me, well, yeah, but I wanted to just run the marathon. I'm like, but you want to be the runner. No, I just wanted to run the marathon. I'm like, okay, but you don't want to just be the weight loss loser, right? (laughs) You want to be the one that lost the weight and kept the weight off. You don't want to stop running that marathon. So like James Clear tells us when you're making these identity-based habit changes, becoming a runner is about putting those shoes on and showing up each day. It isn't about the fact that you ran the marathon. So becoming the weight loss loser, the wise loser, is about me picking up all these lessons, learning as much as I can, experiencing as much as I can on this path, no matter how long it takes, getting up over and over and over again until I'm the wisest friggin' loser this planet's ever seen. And you can be a wise loser too. We take all this knowledge, all these years of trying to get to these goals. And we take that knowledge and you seek more knowledge and you have more experiences. You put it into action. You don't just listen to things. You don't just keep trying to do the same old things you've always done. You say, okay, what next? What isn't working here? What? How can I increase my focus on this? If this is truly my goal and I'm all in, what am I not doing that I would do? What do I need to understand? Who can help me? How can I help myself? Where can I get information I need? Because clearly I don't have it yet or I'm not acting on it. Maybe I need accountability group. Maybe I need a coach. Maybe I just need to listen to a podcast or a book or try the million diets I've been learning about that sound really interesting to me. Maybe I need to try to understand why I want to change what I'm putting in my body so I can make the change inside to make the change outside. Okay. (laughs) Did you guys grab something from this podcast? I sure hope you did because it's always my biggest dream and desire to reach you in some way and inspire you on your path, on your journey. And of course, hope it's full of love and heart sing and tons of adventure. Adventure is a great way to make things happen, you guys. Trying new things. Okay, you guys, go forth, create that next badass, amazing version of yourself. Be sure to hop in the Free Heart Sing podcast community and share that version. Watch the Young Jedi's journey. Follow me on Namaslayer on Facebook. You can watch mine. I'm weighing in live on Sundays through June. I hope to see you there. And until next week, my witches and bitches, go forth. Look for those knowledge nuggets and light this bitch up. Slayer out.